Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. So there's this fire, and there are three guys that go into it, but you probably already know the story, Fiery Furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and there's actually a fourth player in the uh, player to be named soon in the draft. Uh, but uh, before we get there, my name is Mark. I'm here today, special treat with Justin and Holly Hornsby. How do you spell that? H-O-R-N-S-B-Y. Yes, because Holly's name actually has an E in it. So you don't know this, but, and I have a sister that uh, she's now married, so her last name is Houseman. It has an E in it. So your Hornsby always throws me when I write it. I want to put an E in there somewhere. I am so sorry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's my problem, not yours. But I'm here with Justin and Holly, and uh, we are discussing last week's sermon from Daniel 3. And Justin went into, he kind of had three points. God is able, God is in control. Mm-hmm. You'll kind of give those in recap, if not. They can go online and watch. want to remind you, if you want to watch or listen to the sermon, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. Make sure you like, share this podcast, all that kind of stuff. Hope we get into some good stuff about friends in the fire. When was the last time you were on fire? Mm, well, thank you, Mark. It's a, a blessing to be... <laughs> I just totally threw you. I'm kidding. You mean no, dinner? Okay. It's, a, it's a blessing to be with you, Mark. And, uh, Mark's Why don't you awesome. recap? Go yeah. ahead and recap. Mark's awesome and does this every week, and uh, so grateful to be able to do this today, and so thankful to have the amazing Holly Hornsby <laughs> uh, with me. and um, With an E. Holly yeah, with an Holly E. Yeah, Holly with an H-O-L-Y-E. <laughs> yes. Holly and I... Um, known each other almost 20 years and from the beginning. So would it be Holly E? It's Holly, Holly Marie, two E's. Oh, Marie. Marie. Yes. My is mom it all, just kept adding. Is that your middle name or is your first name Holly too. Marie? No, that's my middle name, but okay. with two E's. So there's. Because I have Carrie-Ann and it's all oh, no. supposed to be, but we just call it Carrie. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I'm We're just okay, recap. We're recap. just going to talk about people's names today. <laughs> My, I'm just Mark. There's no Marcus. Or... Good, good. That's great. Um, no, Holly and I have known each other almost 20 years, and it's always we've always just been uh, serving Jesus together. I've said this before, but there's not really a time that uh, we haven't been on the stage together, except maybe the week right after Holly had our children. She got maybe one week off. One week. And then she was right back up there with me. And, good. Uh, so we're just blessed to do this together. Also... Uh, not related to what today's date is, but related to the sermon, may the fourth be with you. Do you get it? Yes, I do. No. I am a Star Wars Someone, fan. Well, someone sent me this this past week, and it you was... You just a, are realizing May the 4th. No. Okay. Because we say that about May the 4th, the date, but related to this story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, someone sent a picture to me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... And the fourth person that looks oh. like Jesus. I didn't get and it. they say, I mean, and the thing says, may the fourth, may the fourth person be with you. There you go. That, yeah. I'm so may the that. fourth, Jesus, <laughs> the Lord, be with you today. Yeah. So that was what the sermon was, uh, Daniel chapter three, as a church, we've been in uh, the book of Daniel. And uh, there in Daniel chapter three, Daniel uh, and his friends, this chapter is really just about his friends. We don't know where Daniel is at this time. He wasn't there, most likely, because he would not have bowed down either to this image, knowing everything we know about him. But um, 
Yeah, so they are in this uh, predicament, living in a foreign land, exiles in a pagan country, Babylon, and uh, the king wants them to bow down to the image. They refuse because they know there's only one true God, and they believe in him with all of their hearts. And so they don't bow down, and uh, God dramatically rescues them. Uh, They get thrown into the fiery furnace because of their disobedience, and uh, that's where God proves that he's able, and they believe that. Uh, They say God will, he's able to rescue us. They tell Nebuchadnezzar that. Um, And then they trust, though, that he's in control because they say, but if he does not deliver us. So they say, I think this is verse 16, God will, God is able to deliver us, but if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down to your image. So God is uh, able, he is in control. It's his ways. We're not going to bow down to you. And then the last thing, though, is God is with us, most importantly, that there was this fourth person in the fire, and uh, he was with them, and then they're dramatically uh, delivered. So that's the that's what we talked about this past Sunday, and uh, yeah, it was a, a blessing to be able to do that. And funny, uh, behind the scenes, I've told you this, but just yeah. to tell them, uh, as you were prepping, because uh, yeah. you've been preaching a lot more, mm-hmm. or as I was prepping the sermon, because getting your PowerPoint, all that ready, uh, two nights before, the night before, I don't remember, Champ, my son, came yeah. in, and he saw a picture of Charles Spurgeon, because mm-hmm. uh, we all know you are the biggest Spurgeon fan on our staff, <laughs> and I don't mean the fish, uh, but uh, although I do like fish. Wait, but- is there a fish named Spurgeon? Sturgeon, Sturgeon. Oh, he's Sturgeon. Okay, okay yeah. Okay. May the fourth be with you. We'll go back to <laughs> yes. that. Go back to that. Joke. Okay. Anyways, yes. but he saw Charles, Charles Spurgeon mm-hmm. on the screen and said, Oh, is Justin preaching? Yes. So, what is your obsession with? Yeah, I, I think because I've been Baptist my whole life, and Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist pastor in London, and, uh, and I can just relate so much to him because I mentioned this on Sunday, and uh, I love old Charles, and he, he wasn't afraid to just say it how it was, um, but um, he um, struggled much of his life with depression, uh, anxiety, just, uh, he called it melancholy, I think, and just feeling kind of down a lot, and uh, many times just confined to his bed, and so, but yet just stayed faithful to the Lord. If you, history has called him the Prince of Preachers. Like, if you say that to anyone, like, who do you, you remember who the Prince of Preachers was? They're going to say Charles Spurgeon, because just the way that he was able to preach, and um, and he did so much. Like, he uh, started an orphanage, he started a pastor's college, um, yeah, just did so much for the for the kingdom, and uh, has so many great books, and, and I think he also, we don't have any recordings of him, but I get the idea that he had just like this passionate, big voice, and I just love that. I love well, some Charles. A funny story about Charles Spurgeon, um, because of just to show the kind of man that he was. Charles liked to smoke cigars, which uh, there's no judgment here uh, with that. Whatever, uh, some probably listening and enjoy to smoke a cigar every now and then. And um, one time he is uh, preaching, and uh, and this guy gets up there to to. He has a guest preacher preaching at his church, and he's the pastor of the Metropolitan Tabernacle, the largest church in the world, really, at the time in the mid-1800s. And um, he's up there preaching, and the guy before him, he kind of knows, I think, Charles Spurgeon has this issue with smoking cigars, and so and this guy didn't like it, this other pastor. So he, in his sermons, preaching, and I think he speaks negatively about people that smoke or whatever, and Charles gets right up after him and starts talking, and then I guess before he lets everybody go, he says... Well, I just want to let everybody know I'm going to go home and smoke a cigar to the, to the glory of God tonight, is oh, what he says. God. Now, interesting, though, thinking about his ethics, this is a sub point. 
Years later, he walked by this cigar shop in London, and there's this sign, and it says, we sell here the, the cigars that Charles Spurgeon smokes. Charles Spurgeon saw that, and after that, he never smoked another cigar because he saw that as, even though there wasn't a sinful issue in his mind, that people were using his name and, uh, I don't know, just maybe marketing something that could be seen as questionable. So just a good, godly man. I just think that's an interesting story. So, so I love Charles. So many great stories about so Charles. So that's Spurgeon. a deeper dive on Charles. Yeah, Spurgeon, that's right. But, uh, let's Charles. go into your sermon yes. a little bit. And mm-hmm. we got we got a few questions and some good ones. Uh, yeah. And this is a longer one, so I'm going to kind of condense it. But um, it's a little confusing when you read it. But it's talking about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And basically he builds the idol and says you have to bow down, and they don't. So this person writes in, do you think that Nebuchadnezzar maybe um, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego might have over, or Nebuchadnezzar might have overlooked their offense. In other words, turned a blind eye to it if someone hadn't turned him in. And I'm yeah. paraphrasing what they wrote. Yeah, so I guess I, I guess let's say Nebuchadnezzar saw them, like he noticed they didn't bow down. And he did already know who they were because he had already uh, appointed them to higher up in Daniel chapter 1. I guess that's the question. Say he saw them, but no one came and told him. Would he have overlooked that? That's a good question. Who knows? Well, and I, <laughs> I, I would just point out there were probably thousands there. Yeah, um, right. And so you think about a stadium and you watch, like I was watching the Dallas Stars last night, um, and you you think about you look in the stands and there was one particular shot and as they were putting the camera, two guys stood up and started waving at the camera just so they would be noticed. But you watch a football game, something you normally yeah. don't notice if a person's standing up or not. Um, you go to A&M where they're required by law to stand up, I think, the whole game. Do you notice if someone sits down? So I go, right. I don't know if he would even notice them. Yeah, that's right. There was a lot of people, and apparently he didn't notice them uh, because he didn't do anything about it. Because maybe he—I mean, if you're the king, you told everybody you better listen to me, and if somebody doesn't listen to you, then, yeah, if he had noticed it, I'm sure he would have uh, brought them up. this person goes on to ask, he gave them a second chance, because uh, he says, bow down before me now. Yeah. Uh, do you think—and uh, after that, he told them God will rescue him. Let me read the exact question. Mm-hmm. Seems like he tries to give them a second chance, and then his face was changed toward them. After that, he told them, so that's—they're just going on more as yeah. I read it. To well, the, this is kind of like what happens uh, later in Daniel chapter 6, um, that whenever they find out Daniel prays, the king kind of says— he wants to do everything he can to not punish Daniel. So probably Nebuchadnezzar's like, I don't really want to punish you guys, so just do what I'm asking you to do. But I think um, probably wasn't there by himself with these three men, and just because of our pride, I think all of us can relate to this, and maybe our arrogance, especially when you're in a position like that, no matter how much he loved those guys, if if no one wants to be embarrassed— and so if they if they just refuse to obey him, even if it's in his heart he didn't want to throw them in the furnace, I think his pride got the best of him. He's like, I have to because you guys are disobeying me in front of, of all my people It's that moment here. and you're both parents Yeah, um, that you're standing there and you tell your kid to do something that first time and they say no. Yeah. And you're sitting there and there's other people around or uh, what, you know. I don't, what do you do, Hollywood? That's that never happened to us. We're yeah, right. We don't no, have to give examples because our kids might be listening, <laughs> but it is that moment that you go, oh, okay, yeah. what do I do in this situation? Yeah, right. 
Put them in a fire. Oh. No, yeah, I'm, that's kidding. Right. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. That's so, kidding. That's, you know, seriously on that, that's one of those hard, because say you're at a store and you tell your kid no, but then they keep it going. This is happened. This happens. This is what kids do. And uh, our youngest is probably the one that had, can be more stubborn like that. Mm. And at that moment, you kind of, but then later when they get home that night, isn't it like you don't ever? I can see that. And how you don't, you do not treat me that way in front um, of other people. We discussed this at the marriage conference. Yeah. It's called irritability. Yes, and it's really the parents' fault for feeling embarrassed because you're more concerned what other people are thinking than actually speaking directly to your kid. Mm. So, but there are times. Yes. There are. There are times, and and they're not exceptions to the rule. It's all yeah. situational. Right. Um, there are times from a. They're in church and they're up yeah. in that top balcony. Shoot. This never happened. And they're <laughs> they're building a paper airplane or something oh, yeah. and gonna throw it or something like that. And you give them, in your case, the mom eye mm-hmm. and and they know and then later you discuss it. But yeah, we're way but, off subject. Well, right? but I think related to that, uh yeah, so let's say I think because again, this happens in Daniel chapter six. I think the king, just the their pride and their the because say he told them in that moment, okay, I'm throwing you into the fiery furnace. He couldn't then take them aside and be like, I'm not really going to do it. Everybody would have known. And then everyone kind of doesn't respect the king anymore. And it's all about I, you know, having the loyalty of your subjects. So even though in his heart he may have not wanted to throw them in there, it's like I, his pride was more important. Sounds like familiar. I have to. Somebody did that to Jesus. Yeah, that's he was right. like, "Who do you want?" Oh, and he didn't I know. want I to give about him that over. With, with Pilate, yeah. like, Pilate really didn't want to kill Jesus. It seems, and then his wife said, "Don't yeah. kill him." Uh, but it's like everybody else is doing. It, I have to, or they're going to go against yeah. me. Here. Yeah. Well, you feel that as a parent. That's right. You yeah. know, if, yeah. if I don't, it, it's one of the great, not great parenting moments for me, but learning moments for mm-hmm. me is that first time you have to go apologize to that's right to your kids. Yes, and the impact that makes the humility. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about pride, but the opposite of that, the humility mm-hmm. that you show mm-hmm. your kids too. There's there's something to that. And we don't know everything that happened after they come out of the fire, but maybe there was maybe not with Nebuchadnezzar cuz what else we know about him, but maybe there was a little bit of, "Hey guys, I'm sorry I threw you in there. Now I realize your God is is bigger than I am." And so there was a little bit of Well, and that. you're segueing to another question we got in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Nebuchadnezzar really acknowledged God as his own personal God or did he just acknowledge that he was, quote, the god of Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, Abednego. Interesting. Same thing in chapter, um, end of chapter 2, uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, uh, he's your god. He doesn't say he's my god. And so the same thing, end of chapter 3 that we looked at this week, he he says uh, their god, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's god. He never says he's my god. And then if you look at the very next chapter where we're going to be, not this week, but I think the following week on Sunday, that would be May the uh, 21st uh, in Daniel chapter 4, um, Nebuchadnezzar goes crazy. He goes out, he becomes like an animal or something, and then he ends up dying at the end of the chapter. And so he... Spoiler alert. Yeah. Mm. So he he apparently did not have... And, and this is a good lesson for us. Someone can be shaken, but not renewed. They can have a religious experience, but not converted. And I think this happens all the time in the church, where someone was maybe in the church, maybe even grew up in the church, and they had some kind of religious experience, but they were not really transformed, uh, really gave their heart to Jesus. Because it seems something was happening to Nebuchadnezzar. He says, oh, wow, th- this God, look what he did. But not- he doesn't ever really change. There's not any repentance, any confession. How do you change then? Let me ask He you. never believed. He never said with his mouth, never gave his heart to the Lord. He never said, 
I want you to be my God. I, I need you. I can't save myself. I need a savior. I need a rescuer. Uh, it was like he was just telling everyone else do that. Exalt this guy, but I'm not going to necessarily. So I'm a kid at camp. Yep. Extreme camp mm-hmm. is coming up. I'm a kid at camp. I accept Christ. Mm. What advice do you have, either one of you? I think that's the moment you you find an adult. You find someone mm. else who's following the Lord to help you and ask those hard questions like, how do I find out more about this Jesus? I've accepted Jesus, but I want to know him. And so then you get your Bible and then you just start with someone else because you're going to have a lot of questions. And then you just pray and prayer is just a conversation. There's no fancy words. There's nothing like that. Just staying in community, continuing to learn and asking the Lord himself to teach you. Okay. And you're you both do an awesome job of segueing this thing, <laughs> but uh, speaking, speaking of, of speaking mm-hmm. of, I know that, uh, and one of the reasons we brought you in is because you are actually leading a group of young ladies, uh, teenagers through Daniel. Yep, and y'all were just having this conversation. We're so- a week ahead of this, so we'd already talked about this. Um, the only reason I've done this group is because I needed it myself when I was in high school. I didn't have this. And so I started this when we moved here. Um, shout out to like Lyrica and some of those girls that have come mm-hmm. through it. Um, but I've done it with juniors and seniors and the Lord really convicted me that I've got a high school girl in my house. So it's time. And this is any 10th grade girl. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you go to our church. If you're a 10th grade girl and you want to come study the Bible, you you should come. But girls only, no boys allowed. Um, <laughs> we talked about. We talked Wait, about. Is Justin there when you? He's have, downstairs. He's I kind of say hello and then I monitoring the, the snacks. Okay. Yeah, no. mm. double checking. Yeah. He's there, but we talked a little bit different about this. We we went towards the friendship avenue because those three were Daniel's friends and. He trusted them. He looked to them. Hey, pray for me about this. Hey, pray for me. And then they're the ones that ended up in the fire. And it's like, who would you take with you into the fire that was so obedient to the Lord that trusted him enough that you would stand there with that person because all three of you solely believe that God will save you regardless? And um, that was a hard question. And I think they didn't necessarily, I'm going to push back a little. Okay. They didn't believe. They said, we're good if if we die. That's right. Oh, yes, absolutely. So they, they did believe he would save them, but yep. even if he doesn't. That's right. So And, and you even got at the, the importance of walking together with others. Yes. That we're not meant to be alone. Well, and I asked mm-hmm. these girls, like, do you have someone whenever you're in a fiery moment, because we've all had those or something's going on in your life, that you call and or you text and you ask for a prayer and their faces were blank? And so um, this week, instead of going on, we're going to discuss the people in the fire. They're coming over. We do Thursday nights at 7. But we're going to talk about maybe one of the most important relationships in our lives, um, our mothers, and it's Mm. coming up Mother's Day, and just really acknowledging that that woman in their life can be one of those fiery furnace friends eventually and how I struggled with that in high school. But then now, I mean, she's one of my greatest cheerleaders. I know, you know, she's praying for us. So we're going to maybe do a craft and write a letter to our moms and talk about Daniel in the furnace and just the importance of that relationship in their life. And I was going to say real quick uh, about that. Obviously you got some, I mean, you're dealing with all kinds of High school girls just dealing with all kinds of stuff, but which is so good because we all need that and we need each other and we're not meant to go through life alone. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, if you're interested in that, if you are a high school girl, you could just email Holly 
Maybe we'll put her email on this sure. somehow. It has uh, an E in it, I bet. Yeah, it does. Uh, I think, and well, a, maybe. Uh, but um, I was going to say, in it's interesting, this passage, and I didn't really, most of the commentaries and things I read, there wasn't much about these three guys. We just know that who, these three guys were there in Babylon. They were Daniel's friends. This is all we know about them. They're in chapter one. They're here in chapter three. They're never mentioned again, the rest of the book of Daniel, uh, nowhere else in scripture. But when they speak, so when you read through the passage in chapter three, they're, it's like they're speaking in unison. It's not like Shadrach said to the king or Abednego said to the king. It's always Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king. So it's it's they're they're very much in lockstep together. It's very interesting because there's these three people, but they're they're like right in in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unified. Yeah, and uh, so they are. They're these three guys that are just faithful to the Lord together. Probably learned from Daniel. Daniel could have been like their mentor. Uh, that kind of discipled them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but just interesting to and think it, about that. It is interesting they stay together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, right. throughout throughout yes. this. Yeah, they stay faithful to their Lord through all that. Yeah. And you need each other. Like yeah. there's no reason that you should go through something like that alone. You need each other. So find your fiery furnace friend. Who's and it going to be? I know Melissa says to our two girls, we'll be there. We're yeah. our, we're the three together. That's yes. right. Just like Champ and Eli will be together. Yes. yes. We're the three together. I have your back. You have mine. Yeah, Absolutely. Through all this. Yeah. And we even have cousins now living right next door. I'll be, it's us three together. That's right. So yeah. stick together. And those those who, uh, maybe that it's a strange relationship. You know, even you're grown now and there's a strange re- relationship with your mother. Find that person that you can have. That would stick through that fire. And most of the, a lot of these girls go, um, they go to public school and they talk about the hallways. It's hard to find a believer at their school. And I mean, it's, it, you can feel like you're on an Island, you know, at times. And so I've talked about like, they really do need a mentor, somebody older, somebody wiser who can look at the big picture. And like, for me, it might be Carol Griffin or Debbie Wilson. I know they'd go through the fire with me. Like just Mm. having someone there that you can text and say, I need you to pray for me. And you don't have to explain yourself. Like, it's just so important. So if you're a teenage girl or even an adult woman, go find someone older that loves Jesus with all their heart and that will commit to praying for you. And I'd say same for guys. Yeah, absolutely. And even marriage. At the marriage conference, they talked about finding those two or three relationships. And they were even, I think he said Timothy and Paul. Yeah, he said maybe one person older and then one person younger. Which is if if, if you've been in the church a while, Timothy, uh, Paul had Timothy and and poured into him and all that. So, uh, well, one final one, kind of philosophical, uh, to get us back into the furnace, into the hot seat, for lack of words. Um, Why do you think he didn't rescue them? before the furnace. Yeah, good question, and uh, good for us to think about. You know, this past Sunday, um, that was May the 7th, and very timely that we were in this passage because uh, people, well, really all over the U.S., but especially around here, know that we had the shooting in Allen, and for those of us in McKinney, that's just five miles down the road, just where our church is. It, you just go right down 75, and that's just right there, the, the outlet mall. And um, so such a a tragic thing uh, that happened. Of course, we've seen over the past few days, you know, the, those that lost their lives, so many children even. And uh, so that's an example. Uh, there's at least one of those families that we know about that were believers and that attend a church in our area in uh, Plano. And uh, that's an example of God could have rescued them from that ahead of time. He could have just said, I'm not putting them there today. He's sovereign. He can do anything. So why would 
Um, really, the deeper thing is why does God let us go through those things? Um, and ultimately, I think uh, the answer is to show us that even then, uh, that he's always with us and that he loves us and that he'll never leave us. Uh, that's that passage in Isaiah that I quoted from this week that uh, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When when you uh, walk through the fire, you will not be burned. It's not, I'm going to take you all the way around the water. I don't want you anywhere near that raging water. I don't want you anywhere near the fire. No, it's you're, you're going to be in it at times, but I'm going to be right there with you, and I'm never going to leave you for a moment. And... Um, and it's in those fires, and this is so hard for us as believers, but I think we all, uh, if we've been a believer for really any length of time, we know this to be true. Those fires in our lives uh, lives are what make us stronger. It's that passage from James. How could James say, hey, count it joy when you go through trials? Wait, I'm supposed to be happy, joyful when I go through trials? The only way is because those trials are actually the one thing um, uh, in life that are helping to make me trust in my God more and to know more and more that he's always going to be good and always going to be faithful and always uh, going to love us. So if he didn't, if he rescued them before the furnace, yes, and God does that many times in our life. Many times he doesn't, we could have gone through something terrible and he doesn't uh, make us go through that. Other times we do go through it. If he always rescued us, if we never went through a hard time, then there'd be this part of God that we wouldn't know about that Wow, that he's with me even in those low points. I think even in this um, passage, I think it was all about obedience. Like mm. they were learning, we're just going to be obedient no matter what. And I think of like Abraham and Isaac. It was all about obedience. I mean, he was going to kill his yeah. son, but but God, same thing. And so are we willing to be obedient mm. in the very hardest of times? And knowing, you know, he it may not be his will to jump in and save yeah. us. But at the end of the day, he already has jumped in and saved That's us right. by dying on the cross. That's so right. we know like our end goal is heaven regardless. Mm -hmm. And that's our hope. So I say, I say it's all about obedience. And let me just say about that real quick, because I did reference this on Sunday. We are, um, we're, somebody's probably not going to build a 90 foot statue. It could happen. It's happened before, uh, things like that and have us bow down to it. Uh, thinking about China, um, we have some family in our church that, uh, does a lot of work in China. Uh, China is, would be like this today. You can worship whatever God you want so long as he takes second place to the state. So in China, as you can worship in their official church, the church uh, sponsored, uh, the state sponsored churches, but even then cameras are always watching. The underground church, uh, house churches are heavily persecuted. Um, but so even so in China, worship whatever God you want, but you, he takes second place to the state. And so um, for us today, what does that what does that look like? What are the what are the idols in America that we're bowing down to? And I mentioned about how so often Christians um, in private will say, "Yeah, I love Jesus. I worship the Lord." But then there's studies that have shown us that in public, though, they so often go with with the culture, and that's this pressure that we live under. It's the pressure that Daniel and his friends were under because we live in a pluralistic society where there's multiple religions. Uh, our, our culture would say to us, you can't say there's only one way to God. You can say that in private. You try to say that in public, we're going to persecute you. Um, but there's going to be times that, um, that, that, that God's going to say to us, will you stand for me when everyone else is against uh, me? You know, we had a 
they had a prayer service down in um, uh, Sunday night at a local church. Yeah. And uh, Allen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there were people there protesting outside. And part of that is because there's this sentiment that has been saying prayer is not enough. You guys got to stop praying. There's got to be more than that. And so, but when we believe, no, God is the answer. God's the answer to everything. We need to seek his face. But the culture would tell us, all you guys want to do is pray. Quit. And we'd say, no, that's all we can do. All we can do, or that's the most important thing we can do, is just seek the Lord together and ask him to heal our land. So that's an example of the pressure that we're under. You guys, all you guys care about is praying. Well, that's because we believe our God is in control of everything. And I think like, it's like that's a public idol, but sometimes there's like private idols. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm thinking of money where, you know, keep up with the Joneses, whoever the Joneses are. Yeah. But, um, but the Bible calls us to tithe mm. and the Joneses say, go buy it all and mm. charge it. And <laughs> the Bible says, no, 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 no. That's the Lord's money. Do it do it this way. And mm-hmm. so like, that's a private one. That one might step on some toes here, mm-hmm. but I mean, think about what the Bible has called you to do. And then what the world tells you to do. Yeah. There's an ad on every social media page There's something else to buy. Your kids always want the newest, greatest, whatever. And it's like, that's a personal one. Like we have personal idols that we don't even talk about sometimes. Yeah. So there's personal and public. And that's why Daniel's such a timely book. And I know we're going to keep studying Daniel over the next um, several weeks, I think all the way through the summer. And because Daniel really teaches us how do you live in a kind of post-Christian culture, uh, a culture where there's all kind of uh, uh, rel- you know religions, and but how do we stay faithful to the Lord uh, in the midst of it? Yeah, so I would say buckle up uh, if you're uh, watching us online or here in person or anything like that, because he is right. We are in Daniel through to about the 1st of August. Um, and coming up, uh, we've got just because the summer break, all that kind of stuff. We've got different speakers. I know you're you talked about Daniel six a lot because you're studying, it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you get to do the fiery furnace yeah, June. and the yeah uh, the lion's den, the Love lion's it. den. Yeah. So you get both of the. We might even try to go see some real lions, right? Yes. Oh yes. Goodness. Maybe. And not McKinney lions. Yeah. But, oh. That's right. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. we are we are trying to get into like a lion rescue. Yeah. And Crazy. see if we can have them bite. Uh, Justin, <laughs> yes, for the bite, sermon. Now, you know, I do have one practical tip. Well, let me let me um, wrap up, and then you can fires. give the okay. You can give the uh, final word. Oh, okay. No, it's not that good. Oh yes, it is. Oh, is no, it funny? It is, is funny. It, okay, oh, okay, okay, tell us. okay. What is one thing you should not put in your microwave that you wouldn't know, and it does catch on fire, and uh, all of us love it. Mice. No, and it's the Lord's chicken. Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. The wrapper catches oh, on fire. Oh, don't put the wrapper. Who, it doesn't even say that. The thing that. the chicken sandwich comes in, it you has like a little foil in there. Yes. Don't put that. That's a big Have deal. you done that? Absolutely. Oh, good tip. Do not put the, the wrapper <laughs> I mean, from Chick-fil-A like people need to know that, into the microwave. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, good pointer. Yeah, yeah good yeah. pointer. Yeah. Take that one with you. <laughs> but uh, again, like, share the podcast. Uh, I'll give you the final word in a second. Uh, I didn't say this at the first, but if you have a question, text the word question 96123. And... And then uh, you'll you'll get on here. I, I don't yep. know what else to go with, but I would say uh, make sure you this summer stick with us. I was going to say we've got if you're uh, with us in person, we've got Mother's Day coming up. We have Ben preaching. We have Justin's preaching in a couple of weeks. Ryan's preaching. Chris is preaching. So you kind of get the whole menu of. Uh, staff at First McKinney. Kind of looking forward to it. And and he's right, we'll be in Daniel for a while, and it is very timely to yep. culture. I will give you the final word and wrap yeah, us up. Yeah, just to Justin. anybody 
Thank you, Mark. Just to anybody listening, thank you, Holly. Also, yes, I, and should, Andrew. I should say that. Uh, yeah. Thank you to both uh, joining well, us. And Andrew's here mixing the sound for us. Thank you. But just to anybody listening, just just a reminder that whatever you're facing, and we all go through uh, fires all the time in our lives, but that God is able. Now, to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, um, He's able, and uh, He's with us. He's um, He's never going to leave us for a moment. That's the promise we have because of Jesus, and he's in control every moment of our lives. There's nothing that we go through ever catches by God by surprise, and that's hard for us sometimes to think about, but, uh, oh, it gives us so much comfort when we realize that, that he's reigning over everything and we can trust him today. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.